0: You can wear a digital jacket in the digital casino that you paid $1,000 for. But that digital jacket is an NFT. And that's like an asset because to go to a high rollers poker table, you have to be wearing a specific digital jacket and then you can make money. So that to me, that's the, actually the future of NFTs. And I'm not like a guy who sits in, in virtual worlds all day. I just see it so clearly. It's like, this is an asset that earns you more money. And it's an investment. And it's like, I'm going to buy an $800 digital jacket if I think I can make $1,000 a week from it, you know? So there's, there's really interesting stuff like that.
1: What is up, you beautiful bastards? It is your boy, Top Shot, aka Rabba Can't Lose, aka Noah Kagan. In today's episode, I talked to Jesse Schwartz, who's famous for buying an NFT of LeBron James for $208,000. For those of you who aren't familiar with NBA Top Shot, it's a marketplace where you can buy and sell NBA moments. It's virtual gift basketball cards. In February, Jesse and his friends purchased this card, and supposedly it's now valued at over one million buckaroos. Since then, Jesse's been featured on a bunch of places, and he's pretty cool-ass dude. If you've ever wanted to learn about the future of technology and spotting trends before they hit mainstream, you are gonna love this episode. In this conversation, here's three gigantic things: number one, why this virtual card is a steal at two hundred eight thousand bucks; number two, Jesse's top shot investment strategy; and number three. What does he think is going to be bigger than Top Shot? Enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. If you want to learn more about Jesse, check out twitter.com slash Y-O-D-O-U-G-H. Yes, that's twitter.com slash Yodo. Also, super cool product we just released at AppSumo Originals. It's called sleekbio.com. It is a simple link you can use in all your social media bios to showcase everything you have to offer, whether it's the latest podcast episode, YouTube videos, or products you're selling. Head over to sleekbio.com to claim your unique URL before it gets snagged up. I just grabbed sleekbio.com slash Noah this morning. Grab yours today for free, sleekbio.com. Also, a special pre show shout out listener, that was how their name is spelled. They left reviews saying, An inspiration. I've been following you for 10 years. Is this my brother? Anyways, thank you so much. I appreciate you listening, every other one of you gorgeous listeners. And if you want to shout out in a future episode, leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. I check every single one of them. So, tell us about your dating life now that you're a rich NFT millionaire. I have a girlfriend, and she was here before all the NBA Top Shot stuff, so... (laughs) Is she real, or is she from OnlyFans? She's very real. And what does she think about your uh, virtual baseball card collecting? Uh, Basketball? I don't don't touch baseball. Basketball collecting. Baseball would be way too risky. She likes it, I think. What's not to like? How did you get the money to even get started in this? How, How did you get, like, going in this whole NBA Top Shot thing? For me, this stuff was supernatural because I've been like collecting, buying,
0: selling stuff since like before I can remember. I actually had to ask my mom this week. Like I knew that I was like into Beanie Babies and that kind of thing. And I remember buying and selling stuff on eBay, but I was literally too young to remember. And she told me a story when I was seven, I was, went to a Beanie Baby trade show and set up my own booth outside the hotel because they wouldn't let me buy a booth. And I was like, Making deals there. And I was, I literally don't remember because I was too young. So this is like in my blood, I think. And um, I saw NDA Top Shot in August. How'd you see saw it? My good friend is super into this stuff, Janny. Shout out, Janny. He's really into crypto. He's, he, he actually made an NFT project in 2018. So he's super early on all this. I don't know if do you know Crypto Kitties? Yeah. So Crypto Kitties was around two, three years ago, maybe four years ago at this point. And the same company did NBA Top Shot. So they let all their users know like, hey, this is our new project. And that was kind of the intro to it. And uh, for me, I was trying to get into cards for a long time because it just seemed like something that, something I'd like to invest in and get into. And when I saw this, I was like, this is way easier. It's all digital. I can understand it way better. I don't have to get shit graded and start shipping shit back and forth and all that. And it was just way easier And I got on. What were you doing for a living during this whole time period? I've had a bunch of different businesses. I had a cookie company for a long time, which is why my handles are all at Yodo. The company was called Yodo. Did that for a while. I had an event ticket company. Now I'm working on a streetwear brand, which is what I'm wearing right now, front page. The last few months, I've been super into NFT stuff. So I'm working on a bunch of NFT stuff, buying, selling, trading. Some really cool stuff in the space. There's Topshop, but there's also a lot of other cool projects.
1: I guess what I'm curious about is that a lot of us see a lot of things. So either A, we're seeing it too late. By the time they find out about Bitcoin, it's like 50K and they're like, oh. But at the same time, I feel like I've seen some of this NFT stuff like a year ago and I just totally ignored it. So I guess how do you kind of make a decision whether and then have you had how do you make a decision to get into it? Have you gotten into stuff that totally flopped as well?
0: Yeah, definitely done stuff in in my life that's gone to zero. And it's like, oh, that was funny. And this could be too. Who knows? But with Top Shot, I liked the product. I liked the idea of it. I wasn't thinking when I was buying a few packs in August, September, that it was going to be, you know, turn into a multi-million dollar collection, like definitely wasn't on my radar. But it was just like fun. I know if this ends up making some money and, you know, it it turns out to be as big as sports cards, there is the possibility of this. So it was just like, kind of like enter with a few thousand dollars, bought a few things. Like I didn't really invest much at the beginning. I bought a few packs, bought a few more packs. As I saw other people coming on and had more and more conviction, just kept investing a little more.
1: Okay. Let's come back one step on that. So what, what stuff did you put in that totally went down? And so what I want to give you props for is that you didn't ball out, go all in. You're like, Hey, for a few thousand bucks, I'm already interested in this stuff. The upside is really high. The downside is like pretty small, relatively. Uh, and so you went for it. What, what stuff have you tried that maybe hasn't worked out?
0: Yeah. On that, I've been telling people too. obviously the headlines of like this dude spent $208,000 on a highlight is what people want to hear. But in reality, I was on, you know, early on, put some money in. I've taken out a great multiple of what I put in and this is all house money. And like the conviction builds and it's not just coming in with 200,000 and being like, yeah, let's take a shot and see what happens. It's like, you know, it's already been a great investment for me, regardless of everything
1: else. So how have you looked at your investments in general? Do you say like, I just go all all in on risky, like how, like in terms of your portfolio, like where does this all fit in and play out? There's no big calculation.
0: It's like a feeling thing or a gut thing, you know, but I've definitely had some stuff like someone tells me like, oh, check out this stock. And I'm like, okay, I'll take a little shot at it. And then the shot goes to zero. You know, that's part of the game, you know, and you, you kinda learn you learn to trust your own gut and like what interests you and what next time you think, oh, why did I make that decision? But also it's really easy to look back and be like, shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know.
1: Well, I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday and he has kids and I said, How are you teaching your kids in finance? He's a financial planner. And he says I'm giving he gave him a thousand dollars and he said, Just go dabble. He's like, go try doing stocks, go try doing baseball cards. Go try all these different things out and see yeah. what works that's pretty much what I always did. I I always say like, I feel like I've been doing the same thing my whole life, whether it was
0: like flipping sneakers on eBay or doing Beanie Babies or Top Shot or cards. And it's just, it's all feels the same. It's like understanding markets, understanding what people want and when they want it and timing things. And it it all feels really the
1: same. And it's just kind of like bigger and bigger shots, which is what the goal is. I guess, how do we find the newer opportunities? Because I mean, there's a there's an argument that NBA top shot is just getting started. There's mm. probably an argument that it's like it's peaked and it's you know it's too frothy. But I guess one thing that I'm trying to think through is like how do I find these next opportunities and not discount them, which is always hard, but like how do you even find the friends or places online to hear about that? I think
0: what I've seen is really niche communities. So, I think Discord has a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of forums, there's paid communities like the trends from the hustle like things like that where where people are into niche stuff and are posting about this stuff. I like that kind of stuff for discovering. And also yeah, it's just about not discrediting stuff like anything that top shot in August sounded insane to most people. Like when I explained it, they're like why would you buy a highlight? That's why the return's been so great because most people were discounting it and and it didn't make sense to people. And that's that's always the case. It's like if you're buying stuff that's conventional and everyone Sees it going up. Well, yeah, of course, you know, you're not going to get that hundred x return. So,
1: what I've been reflecting on with it, because I definitely, I don't necessarily feel FOMO. There's moments where I feel like I'm chasing it, and I'm just like, take a step back and just enjoy it. But I think there's an interesting balance of what it, the safe stuff is safe returns, and then there's this riskier stuff, which is a hundred x returns, and it's like you're not probably going to get a hundred x return on Bitcoin right now, right? Because yeah. a lot of people know about it. Maybe it'll go up a bit. Maybe it will not. I saw this go from like you saw some of the moments I bought, you know, $80
0: or 40,000 now. So when I saw go from $80 to a 1000, it was like, this is an insane return. Like, you know, 10x on something is is incredible in like a couple months, and then it 10x again, and again. So I've never seen anything like that. And I assume, like, I imagine it feels the same as people on Bitcoin were buying at 50 cents, and then it went to $3. And then they're like, Oh, well, that's a great return. And then it went to And it's like, that's an insane return. And now it's 50 grand. So there are things like that's something I've learned from this for sure. Like, just because you missed out doesn't mean there isn't more upside. Like this is still top for example, and I'm not telling anyone what to invest, but it's still not hit the full mainstream. So if you believe that this is the future of collectibles, and then it's going to be a full a, a mainstream brand and product and these and this is the
1: company to do it, then it still hasn't hit its peak. If you're son or you know whatever brother said hey should i put a g in top shots today as an investment what would you say
0: i I wouldn't tell anyone how much ever to put but i would say don't you know play with play money you always learn by just like i hate i hate reading about stuff i like just doing putting some money in playing buying selling feeling out a marketplace like when you see stuff actually sell is when you when you actually know there's demand for it. Absolutely, you know, you can evaluate portfolios all day and say, hey, these, this moment's worth 40 grand. Like, like you said, until someone pays 40,000, it's not worth 40,000. And what I find crazy about Top Shot is these markets are actually liquid. Like if you look at some of these moments, I remember looking at uh, Luka Doncic the other day and it was selling every minute at 8,000, 9,000. Like people are spending real money on this. Like these guys did 50 million in a day in marketplace.
1: It's crazy. A few things that are interesting. One, I, I really appreciate you saying play with house money. Because I, I think where, what scares me is I call them Robin Herders. Uh, it's this Robin Herders that use the Robinhood app, and they're like, oh shit, like I'm going to bet all my money because I read it, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to get rich overnight, and it doesn't happen, or they get fucked up. And it's just like, so play with the amount of money that you're okay risking. I think it's a great, honestly, a great message with that. I think one of the things that I would say it's fascinating for you, I don't know if you realize it, is that you've been playing in that space. Like, you have shoes. Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah. Yeah. So, you, I'm guessing you're into basketball. I'm guessing you're into buying and selling. I'm guessing you're like, do some of this stuff kind of already. Like, you've done probably cards. You're into cards. So, you were already in that area, which gives you a little bit of an advantage. So, I'd say for anyone who's out there, like, if you're in some, like, if you're into gardening, like, if you're whatever kind of space you're into, you'll have some level of an advantage. Like, I think when people say, like, do things you're passionate about, it's true. I mean, to
0: to a certain extent, obviously, you want to find things that are profitable. but when you have a passion for something, when you understand a niche, that's a huge competitive advantage. And for me, yeah, markets, uh, collectibles, you know, sneakers, like that's been my thing forever. So it's just, yeah, it was an easy entrance. And I understand how it all works and, and pricing and, and all that stuff. So
1: yeah. anyone's into gardening, find that gardening thing. In my lifetime, I've been in like internet world for let's say 20 years. Every five years, there's like a massive like new wave of money. Right. Like, so Facebook marketplace was like Facebook apps back in the day, super huge one, like Craigslist kind of super, like super, super old school. Right. So like YouTube, this NBA top shop, crypto blogging. I mean, there's just these waves of like new industries that are the iPhone uh, that kind of invent a lot of money. Some stick around and some do not. It's interesting. So with the NFT, do you do day trading with this stuff? Are you buying and selling every day? Like what's your day with uh, NBA top shop? And can you, if my mom is watching this, which she will, like, can you explain this to her? Yeah. So
0: the overview of NBA Top Shot is it's a digital collectible. So the same way a trading card, which has become very, very popular the last couple of years, are a collectible. And literally, it's just a picture of a player printed on a three cent cardboard. But people are paying now millions of dollars for these cards. And it's the exact same concept, but these are digital highlights. And so they've created scarcity, which is verified using the blockchain. And basically, the blockchain is a public, it shows you publicly, for example, the LeBron that I bought, there's only 49 of them in this cosmic series, and there will never be more. And everyone knows that, and it's verified by the blockchain, and that's what makes it valuable. So that's the overview on Top Shot. Day-to-day, I mean, I've gone in waves. When I started, I was just kind of, I bought a few packs, forgot about it for a couple weeks, bought a few packs, forgot about it. Like, it was kind of very quiet. Like, I remember the biggest day was $8,000 a day, and I was like, whoa. Fast forward a couple months, $50 So, But yeah, I've gone through when when the the market's hot and it's like every minute is something crazy. I've sat there and and day traded and I looked at some stuff I sold and people bought it and resold it in an hour for like $2,000 profit. And I was like, this is crazy. But right now it's quieted down, which might be a good time to buy if you're trying to get in
1: or not. Because we're like, hey, when this goes down, I'm going to buy. Like, I don't know if you tell yourself that, my ethereum friend who's like the nine figure guy he's like hey get this stuff and i'm like oh i'm gonna buy it and then it went down this morning i was like ah, i'm gonna wait right i think that's like everyone when that really like when when the uh, corona happened and the market went down i was like i'll buy like this is the moment that we're all kind of wussing out but it's uh you're saying it's quiet now and demand has gone down so like if people believe long term there's something there i personally don't i personally Correct. like i guess i see like rolexes and like physical items still as like you know, art I get, but to the level of these valuations, still doesn't make sense to me. If you look at it with intrin,
0: in terms of intrinsic value, like what does this bring to my life right now? I agree, but so many other things in the world, including gold and traditional art, have the exact same thing. It's like why is a painting worth three million dollars because someone decided?
1: That's it. It just means that these rich assholes have too much money, and they're like. Oh, yeah, Uh, I'm going to spend it on a, it's a painting of a piece of white. Like Jackson Pollock, his stuff is so silly. Did you see the Beeple piece that sold for 69 million yesterday? Yeah, it just means that someone got too lucky on crypto early on and they have just an exorbitant amount and then they want to make a statement. A lot of crypto and NFT projects kind of is like that because people made so much money
0: like your friend and they just don't know what to do with it and they they poured into these new projects. With Topshot, which what's interesting is it's a sort of removed from the whole crypto world because they built their own blockchain. And you can just deposit with a credit card, which I assume most NBA fans that are coming on are just going and buying stuff with a credit card. So it's, it's new, different non-crypto money coming in, which is interesting.
1: I don't think most people who... So for NBA Top Shot, for the people out there about NFTs and you're reading about it and everyone's making a YouTube video about it, which is kind of annoying and kind of interesting. I don't know if people realize it's even crypto, which is kind of what's appealing to me. It's like, it's kind of making this, this item more mainstream based on uh, kind of like a Trojan horse. Have you heard about like NFL and MLB and like ping pong league getting into these moments? Yeah, what's interesting, I mean, like I said, my friend uh, created a soccer
0: one in 2018 and it was just too early. And then another company did an NFL one and didn't really go anywhere. And there was an MLB one, didn't really go anywhere. So I guess the institution of, of this project with the NBA made it what it is. And I think now that opens doors for like i i I'm Canadian. I've been doing a bunch of Canadian interviews and stuff recently, and all they want to talk about is when is this coming to hockey? And like is, is the NHL gonna do this?
1: And I was imagining Canadians like they're in their cabins, they're like, Oh Marge, so uh we're gonna buy a virtual virtual um the the puck on the ice, but it's it's only there's only two thousand of them. It's digital Marge. She's like, <laughs> shut up, Jim, go get the donuts from Tim Hortons, you dummy. I, I don't know, it's it's interesting. I, I think what's fascinating to me is like in 2000 when there was the internet and everyone's like, what's going on? This is all new. And now 20 years later, like the level of integration in our lives is beyond me. I was I talked with um, the guy who, did, who founded OpenSea, like, which is a big NFT market. And one of the things he said that was really fascinating is like, this is the first time, like, like YouTube. I don't own my YouTube channel. Who owns it? YouTube. Who owns my tweets? Twitter. Instagram is owned by Facebook. They own my picture. They own all the information. And he was presenting like a really crazy world where like all of this digital information now is owned by the individuals. It's kind of, de- it's literally decentralized and like a social network and all these things will be through potentially a blockchain and, and NFT stuff, which I thought was like, wow, I can start, I can, th- it's starting to get colored in uh, with that world. Have, what have you started seeing with like, you know, outside of NBA Top Shots and so forth? There's a really interesting
0: company I'm working with called Decentral Games. It's literally a decentralized casino and you walk in this virtual world and their whole thing is be the house. So so you everyone's kind of you get their token and the house is you and you earn yield by being there and providing liquidity to their to their whole ecosystem and it's really interesting and they use NFTs and like this is going to blow your mind or some people's minds but you can wear a digital jacket in the digital casino that you paid $1000 for. But that digital jacket is an NFT. And that's like an asset, because to go to a high rollers poker table, you have to be wearing a specific digital jacket, and then you can make money. So that to me, that's actually the future of NFTs. And I'm not like a guy who sits in in virtual worlds all day. I just see it so clearly. It's like, this is an asset that earns you more money. And it's an investment. And it's like, I'm going to buy an $800 digital jacket if I think I can make $1,000 a week from it. You know, so there's, there's really interesting stuff like that.
1: Han, so what you're saying is I can buy a digital girlfriend finally.
0: So being rich... saw I saw someone minted those the other day. So (laughs) I'll I'll link
1: you on that. So really quickly, when you said minted, I think for people who don't know, like what is minted? Same way minting money, minting NFTs, just creating the NFT. And then just to be clear, because I think a lot of people have watched some of our videos or seen it. So for like an NBA Top Shot moment or other NFTs, when they mint it and they put it on the blockchain, what exactly is that? So it creates the public record of it, I guess
0: the way like the city, yeah, holds like records. It's like, this is just like a digital, more efficient record. The same way you just pulled up my account, and you can show everyone how much money I have in Top Shot, like, that's public info, because all of it's recorded on the blockchain, which I think is great. I mean, you know, obviously, some people are like, I don't want people to see what I have. But
1: I think it's cool. It's like everything's transparent. It's a little wild. I mean, only because your name is associated with the username. But it is wild that all of the owners, because it's on the blockchain, you could see how much they own and what they own. And like one guy on is has 20 million. So coming back to, to some of the NBA top shot, this LeBron. So guys, Jesse got famous because he bought this LeBron moment. Let me see if I can, I'll pull it up. So this is the LeBron card Jesse bought, which got him, I guess, kind of, I would say pretty famous for spending 208000 to be exact on this one card. So maybe walk us through some of this. Did this seem like a gamble to you? Or did this seem like an investment? And what was the thought behind that? Yeah, like I said, there was a lot of context to it. It was like building up to this
0: point. And so I had been buying, and selling and I sold a lot leading up to that. And this, the marketplace was going crazy and I was kind of like feeling like, damn, I kind of, kind of sold some stuff too early, missed out on some, some big upside. And I was like thinking, do I, do I go back all in on something big? And at the same time, um, we have a little top shot group chat with a few friends. And we were talking, and and I was like, I think I'm gonna do this. And my other friend was like, Yeah, let's do it. I'll take a piece of that. And so a couple guys took a, took a piece of it too. And and I just went upstairs and bought it. And it was crazy to buy something for two hundred eight thousand dollars that was literally just like buying an Amazon package. It was like click, like checkout. Okay, done. And I was like, you know, so it's, it felt cool. It was a probably a twenty minute decision process. But like I said, you know, it, a lot of things leading up to that you know, selling a
1: lot, seeing a lot of good returns, being able to come in and do that. So how does it feel now that it's been like a few weeks and the dust has settled with this, with this card specifically? And were you thinking it's going to go up? Like, yeah, I mean,
0: uh, I guess I can say this right now, but gotten some seven figure offers already. No (sighs) way. Yep. And like I've been saying, this is already a seven figure moment. This is extremely undervalued
1: moment on the platform and this was a steal and I've been saying that since since three weeks ago or whatever it was. How did you decide that that was undervalued? And I'm going to show you guys, so these moments by the way, if you guys haven't seen them, if you haven't been in uh, NBA Top Shots.
0: It's, it's I, actually cool because with sports cards, you're just looking at a paper. I like that it's like they all are differentiated because, because it's a highlight. So you can like enjoy a player, but then you can more specifically be like, I remember what I was doing when that game happened with that highlight. Like this year, like There's, there's some, all, all these moments have no fans. Like imagine in 10 years, we look back and it's like trying to explain to kids, like there was this year where there was no fans in the arena, but like, look at these highlights you can own. And like, it's just, it adds like a whole other level of like this, this was going on now. Like this is like a, a year in history, you know,
1: who's the person that wanted to buy it for a million? Like, don't tell me, I know you can't say who it is, but like, is it an NBA person? Is it like,
0: all I said was
1: seven figure offers coming in. I can't go. Got to leave some stuff to the imagination. But you can't, no, I guess what I'm curious, just at a highest of levels, like, is it someone who's rich in crypto? Is it a famous person? Is it like investors? Is it like New York people? My buy for 208 was the record,
0: but it's not like there's a lot of money being poured into this. Like you said, there's, there's guys with $20 million accounts. Um, there's been a lot of $100,000 purchases. And back to, we were talking about the valuation. They have a, a a limit right now. You can't list something on the marketplace for more than 250,000. And originally it was a hundred. So there was a few sales at a hundred. Now it's 250. So a lot of these bigger moments are not on the marketplace. Like this LeBron was the last one left at 208 and it was sitting there for a bit. And there's the other 48 of them people own, but they don't have them listed at all. Um, because they obviously think they're worth more than 250 and they, they don't want to sell. So that was my indication. And. When marketplaces, go, when marketplaces go up, the more liquid stuff is going to move first, obviously. So the thing that's, that was 500, let's say you know, it's doubles, that's easy. Everyone can come in and spend 500 bucks or 1,000 bucks, but not many people are going to drop 200. So it's going to sit there for a lot longer. So I'm watching everything else, 5X, 10X, and this is kind of sitting there at 208. And I'm like, this is a million dollar moment right now, but just you can't list it for a million and not too many people want to walk in and spend a million or even 200. So that was the thinking there.
1: How much worth of press have you gotten out of this moment? I feel like that's actually more than a million dollars for you. We'll see. I think it's cool to introduce new audiences to this stuff, which I which I think is the
0: future and I think it's really cool to talk about and I'm having really interesting conversations like this. So, you know, it's it's
1: cool. Like I just I like this stuff. I like meeting people. I like doing this this kind of stuff, so it's been a lot of fun. Well, I think it's interesting. It's like Logan Paul is pretty famous on the internet and it's like he's bought a lot of this stuff, but he's made content. So he's kind of Double dipping. So even yeah. if your card went down, I think the amount of attention that you've gotten personally could you could have turned. You can still turn that into something else, or you've probably made some connections with people like the Top Shot guys or other companies that now you can parlay into other things. Was that your intent at all? Did you think about that when you were buying it? No, not really. There wasn't much thought
0: into it. Like th- in that sense, I mean, I thought I-, I bought it, and we had a group. Also, that was like, yeah, let's buy it, and we were like, we kind of said, oh yeah, well, we'll set the record. It'll be fun. They'll talk about it, but it wasn't like. I didn't foresee kind of doing all these podcasts and news outlets and stuff, but I'm just kind of rolling with it. So I'm seeing people post stuff and I'm reaching out like, Hey, let's talk
1: about it. You know, cause I, I find it fun. So how the packs work, they release them just like a shoe drop or it's a limited edition pack. So here's some examples. And I, have I've been waiting in line like a Shmuel, uh, Shlemiel. And so these packs, uh, they release like 30,000 or 50,000 of them and then go for 10 to $200. And they only hit 30,000, but there's 200,000 people in line. And then you buy one of these packs. And in these packs, they have different types of cards, just like a regular card pack. And then you can go sell these cards on the marketplace. So Jesse, one thing I would be curious to your, your opinion on is like, how can I look at these cards and figure out if there's anything undervalued now? Like if people out there are like, hey, I kind of want to check out NFTs. I think with NFTs, one thing I like about this NBA one is that it has this brand that's like kind of legit, right? Like everyone yeah. knows NBA versus like some of the stuff it's it's a little bit more unknown. So I guess how would I look for an opportunity to maybe like gamble or slash invest in one of these? Like how would you, can you walk me through how you think about this here? Yeah, first of all, back to that. Like we were talking about it the other day and
0: I said, yeah, I agree. 99% of this stuff is not going to survive. And that's just the natural evolution of, you know, there's this this new technology that's going mainstream and everyone wants to get involved and print money. And yeah, you can't have 5 million art projects that are going to all have a great return in the next five years. But this is different because it's, yeah, it's licensed by the NBA and the NBA Players Association, and they have the players coming on and the backing of the league. As far as buying stuff in the marketplace, it's very hard to time day to day. Like I've bought some stuff recently that's down 70%. So I'm no Oracle, you know? (laughs) Nobody really knows. Which one did you buy? I bought the Anthony Davis Cool Cats. I bought three of them or something. And they were like 1,500. Let's see what it's at now.
1: <laughs> All right, Anthony Davis. What is a cool, where's a cool cat? Cool cat is one of
0: the series.
1: I spent 1500 on each, on three of them, or four of them. Oh, so you're down, you're down at G. Times three or four. You know, there's things that have gone up. I think this is investing that people miss. They're like, there's downs, but they only we hear the highs, like that you get the offer. The other thing I, I personally find really fascinating about this is you can go to evaluate.market or CryptoSlam or a lot of these public sites, because it's on blockchain, you can see every transaction. Yeah. You can see all of the transactions of this. Like what was the other site you recommended for this stuff? Um yeah, valuate.markets is probably
0: the one I've been using. But yeah, even on Topshot website, like if you go even in this moment, you can go look at any of the serial numbers and who currently owns it and what they paid and what the person before them paid and what you know, you can look at the history right there. If you want to check out, you know, one of those or my collection or yours, you, you can see the history, which is really cool. And yeah, I mean, I think people de- with the with the trading with the strategy and stuff. I hear people talk like really crazy strategy and at the end of the day it all comes down to is the whole market going up or is it going down. Everything moves somewhat together. So, you know, this went down 70%, maybe the whole market's down 30%, but you know, it's the same swing. If if the whole market goes up, this will go up too. So, the stuff that I bought is not necessarily that it was specifically those moments that were so smart. It's just like, I caught it really early and thought it was a good product. So it's more investing in the platform, really.
1: Well, I think the underdog audience, like all the sexy bastards that are here, they know that I'm one of the best online investors today. I mean, obviously, just kidding, guys. I suck. I suck at most investing. But I want to show you guys two things. One, I bought this card. So I saw Jesse, and there's all this hype, and everyone's buying it. And I think similar to what Jesse said, try it out, go dabble a little bit. So I bought uh, this Draymond Green I was the top sale, which means you're the top dumbass. It means you paid the highest price. That's just on
0: that specific one, though. So you bought a specific card.
1: One. Yeah. But I think right now, the, just to guys give an example, like there is ups and downs of this. So I, I bought it to try it out, just to kind of see if I can understand it. Now it's selling for 27. Uh, and the other two cards I bought are both down by about 50%. So it's not to say that it's going to always go up or it's always going to go down. It's just that there is risk in you know investing. If there was no risk, there'd be no return. Yeah, back to what you were saying about human psychology, which is so interesting, I always find when stuff goes
0: up, everyone wants to jump on. Like people want to jump on the thing that's already 10X. That's already and, and then when stuff goes down, everyone panics and sells. And it's like you have to literally do the opposite of what your gut is telling you because it's you gotta get on things before they explode. So you, that's the risk. And when things go down, buy more or just hold, you know?
1: Like I, I would say that I think there needs to be one, I love your point, dude. I thought that's such a strong, strong message. Two things that it might be interesting here is number one, I would say write down your decision-making process. So my friend who's a, a VC, he said for every investment he does, he writes down before the investment's finalized why he made the decision. My friend does that too. And that's a beautiful way that like in a month or in a year or whatever, you can say, hey, well, why did I do it? And how can I improve if I didn't you know, want to learn from that experience? So I thought that was an interesting approach. I think the second thing, I am not a collector. I don't collect baseball cards anymore. I don't do shoes. I don't you know, wait in lines to get Supreme clothes. So I do think to some extent, if you're getting and you want to do the reverse of what everybody else is doing, like I think Jesse had a great point, I think you have to understand it or be with someone who does. Like I'm not a collector in this stuff. I don't listen to Gary V whine about it. I don't, you know, it's not my thing. But I, it sounds like you you have been doing it for a long time. So you're like, I can see where this goes. And so it makes a little bit more sense for when it comes down. You're like, yeah, I can still see the the long-term outcome of that.
0: Yeah, and I think also like investing in, Dips of stuff that you have long term conviction. It's not just buying every dip. It's like if I think that this is, this platform still is going to explode and keep getting bigger, then why not buy something at a fifty percent discount? But it's not to say go buy everything that goes down.
1: You know, two things I want to come in I mean, I always do this in two things. One, if I wanted to buy an NFT straight up, and not get a pack. Like, how would I evaluate which one to buy? Like, unless do NBA Top Shot. And then I'm curious about NFTs outside of this world and how you're you're looking at that or not. What I've noticed, I've been on this top shot stuff, like at the beginning I was trying to buy guys like, oh, I'm gonna
0: like think of a guy who's undervalued and who's about to explode this season and I'm gonna and like I remember like a LeBron for reference was like let's say a thousand dollars. Like probably the one that I spent two hundred and eight thousand was a thousand. And I bought Donovan Mitchell for a hundred and eighty for a hollow Donovan Mitchell. And at the time my thinking was like, Oh, this is like undervalued, like there's more upside, or really the premium stuff just goes up more than the other stuff and that's what I've learned and I think that's true for almost all markets it's like if you believe in e-commerce buy Amazon don't buy like the guy who might become Amazon so you know LeBron James is the greatest athlete of all time he could go out tomorrow and these moments will go up his cards will go up his memorabilia will go up a guy like Donovan Mitchell he's an all-star right now he's he's great but for him to reach LeBron's level is almost impossible. And people love, the other thing I've noticed, people love betting on potential. So if you look at Zion Williamson prices, or Luka even, yeah. um versus LeBron, they're probably at like 60, 70, 80% of his price. And it's like, these guys have been in the league for one year, two years. If Zion goes down tomorrow, he's never even played in a playoff series. LeBron has like four MVPs and four championships. It's like, it's not comparable. It's not 30% more, it's 20X. And people just love betting on the potential like, oh, Zion's gonna be a superstar, but they don't realize that that's baked into the price already because everybody thinks that. So you gotta either bet on the legacy guys, LeBron, to me it's LeBron, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, you know, those guys, literally those three, or finding guys that literally no one's talking about that no one else thinks have potential, or maybe like they're kind of washed up like, at the beginning, and I like speculating on that, but I think, realistically, the best return is just buying buying LeBron, buying Steph Curry. So How come Michael Jordan's not in? Michael Jordan does not license his rights as a player to the NBA Players Association, which is why he was never in the, the video games and stuff. <sighs> like, they used to have, like, and I don't know the details of it, but they used to have, like, NBA 2K, and they'd have, like, number 23 on the Bulls with, like, a blank jersey because they couldn't use his likeness.
1: Okay, so... Straight up, should we buy this for 949? Is this, like, I have no idea about any of this stuff.
0: So the other nuances with this stuff, there's different series. You see the serial number, like slash 15,000 or 3113? So that kind of shows you the scarcity of it. So the one I bought is one of 49. If you look at some of these, that's 59. Um, This one is one of 275. So you can kind of do some math there and figure out, like, is this the best value? Again, it's all sort of speculation. Oh,
1: so you're talking about like ratios, like the price to the number of cards available?
0: Yeah, something like that. Like that kind of determines the scarcity, right? So however many there are that were actually minted. Okay. Um, so I personally like the series one stuff. So see that the one that you just said for 949 is series two. Yeah. But yeah, I think that moment, I believe was, was $2,000 at one point. I, I don't remember the height of it, but if you look at it like that, then that's a good deal but you see the one next to it is 1305. Yeah. And it has half the circulating amount. So if you look at it that way, that might be better value because it's not double the price, but it's half of the, of the amount. Would you recommend us buying this? I mean, I don't like giving investment advice, but I would say if you're going to buy something, then that's not a bad bet.
1: Okay. Well, it's just interesting to hear your thought process about how you look at it. Like, I think a lot of dummies like myself are like, oh, I'm I'm a Warriors fan, so I'll buy someone from the Warriors, and that's that's why people lose in gambling a lot because they buy they bet on their team, not actually who's going to win or you know beat the spread and so forth.
0: Yeah, I actually have a a kind of a different take on it. It's like, especially with gambling, you're never going to beat the spread, so you may as well just bet with your heart. Everyone says bet with your wallet, not your heart. It's like you bet with your wallet, you're losing anyway, so you may as well bet with your heart. And then it's kind of a then it's kind of a win win. You lose your bet, but your team wins, or you know so. <laughs> Like, you know, your money's where your heart is. I kind of like that in some way. But put it this way, if I could go back in time to when I was on Top Shot and kind of day trading and speculating on younger players and that, I would just not do any of that and just buy all LeBron and Steph Curry and hold it. And that's it. Now, what I've learned from this is is that, you know, I'm buying like guys who were like, oh, this guy's going to have a good season. And it's like, if you look at the LeBron returns, they're just higher than that. So...
1: How much did you put in on this? And then how much have you made it? Like how much did you actually invest or gamble? You know,
0: I didn't go like the guy who has twenty million and he just put in like hundred and fifty up front and like held it. Like mine was sort of like put in some, pulled out, like sold, bought, sold. But I think probably
1: overall about a hundred grand of outside money. And that's turned into a over well no, you've that you have a million in value, but you've taken off some of the table too, right? Yeah, I've probably I've
0: probably already uh, you know, done a, uh, besides my collection, like a three or four, three or four X return, plus I playing with house money in the collection. So, you know, it's actually been a methodical process, but yeah, I mean, the first stuff I bought was maybe I had, I think for a long time, for two, three months, I had maybe five or 10,000 invested and that original five or 10,000 is probably uh, around Like half a million or something like that, and then I kind of went in harder when I saw, and I I was paying premiums to what it was before. But I was like, "That's another lesson." It's like, yeah, you see momentum up. Like, don't be scared to go into something just because you're not, just because you're paying a premium to what it was, because you're you're getting more value. So that two hundred eight thousand LeBron, we had a deal on the table for thirty four thousand a month before, and it fell through because of five hundred dollars. So basically, the guy said. I'll sell it to you guys for 34.5. and he put it on the market and said, "All right, it's up there," and he put it for thirty five. And I just don't like th- that kind of. And I was like, nah, you said thirty four dollars Like, and we just kind of said, "Like, all right, forget it." Someone bought it for thirty five. We forgot about it. Fast forward a month, I'm paying two hundred eight thousand for the same thing. But I think two hundred eight thousand is actually better value because a month later, with the amount of people, the amount of sales, the valuations of other moments around it it actually makes a better value than 35 was at the time.
1: So how does someone normal get one of these packs? So packs, instead of buying it on the marketplace, you can get a pack where the cards come in. Uh, How does like an an average Joe kind of get a pack? How does this work? So they do, I mean, they've
0: had trouble with the pack drops just because the demand is so crazy. Like you saw like, I think it's 200,000 people in line. And you managed to get a couple others, that's good. But it's getting smoother. Like you can now, yeah, you got to wait in line, maybe take an hour or two. And I think they're planning to do pack drops every week kind of thing. And they have some, like you said, that are $9, what they call base sets or common packs. So it's $9 for three moments. Then they have the rarer ones, which they just did the rising stars one, which was $200, but it comes with nine moments. I got that one. Yeah. You get one of those. Yeah. So yeah. And then they have legendary packs, which the last one I bought, I think was the, was the Christmas one, which was right before this whole madness, like in January, and um, yeah, I don't, yeah, they did maybe one other since then. But
1: so for for people wondering about the packs, they be, you know if you can register for the site, which they stopped because it was such high demand, you wait. They yeah. do they'll email you and say, hey, we're uh, oh, releasing packs on this day. Here's how many of them, and you go wait in line. And so I've went waiting. Like I go to the website, you register in, and you get a random number. And if they have thirty thousand packs and your number twenty thousand, you'll get it. If you're fifty thousand, you probably won't. So yeah, they
0: had to implement that a few weeks ago because it was just originally you could just walk in and buy packs, however many you wanted. And that was they wanted their concept was the base packs will always be sitting here. So an unlimited amount of base packs will be minted just based on demand. So people can buy them all day. And then the legendary and the rare stuff is more like drops where they sell out. And the demand just got so crazy that they had to put this queue system in where yeah, they put you in a random place in line
1: and you might get one, you might not. So, so to give people like an example, last weekend, like I was at, like I'm visiting a friend and at two o'clock, I was like, dude, I got to check in on my phone to see if I can get a pack. And he's like, it, it was fun. It's kind of fun. But it was, yeah. I don't know, I was like, what am I doing? But I, just, I have been finding it more. I think as you get older, it's easy to discount things. Like, oh, this is stupid. Oh, it's digital. It's stupid. And I think that's how you get outdated. And also it just makes life more interesting. So I waited in line for the rare pack and I got seven cards. And the rare pack was $199. And this is one of the cards I got, which this is how much it's listed for. Again, everyone, you can list it for whatever price you want. What someone pays is what matters. So you can see what people are paying right now. So 12, 10 PM, $518. 4000
0: Yeah. Now, because that's the number five cereal, which people value a lot higher, the low
1: serial numbers and the jersey numbers and number one. It's so fascinating about the psychology of like demand and payments in these markets, because this is all subjective. It's just that we've decided Mm -hmm. uh, what that is. But I think one thing I want to highlight is that the stock market, the thing that is like you're buying virtual shares of a company, ownership of a business, the people that are advanced have some level of edge and the market theoretically not all the time comes to a price that kind of makes sense. Uh, So there are people like you and probably even more advanced people using algorithms to figure out where the opportunities are within this.
0: Yeah, and it's all the same. Like, that's the thing. When people say, yeah, but people just made up this price. Well, okay. what about every stock price? And what about gold? Like, there's a, a really interesting article by Mark Cuban where he was talking about gold is valuable because of the narrative we've given it and the story we've said this is a scarce thing. And it's really the same as an NFT or a card. Or a sneaker, it's like this. People decide this is scarce and valuable, and then it becomes scarce and valuable. But yeah, this is what's cool about the blockchain. You can see all those sales. Yeah, that's it. crazy. So if you go list your
1: your card at five eighteen, it's likely to sell in a few minutes. huh so sh- here's well, that was one thing I was thinking yesterday. I could use your advice. I was like, now do I hold? Should I hold this forever? Do I sell it and try to make some money? I've seen people doing challenges of like, can I turn
0: one moment in like. A $1,000 to a million, and they're trying to like flip and kind of like, you know, sell stuff and rebuy back in something better value and that kind of thing. It's different approaches. I think the most efficient way to play this is like I said, just to buy the legendary guys and hold, but you could flip and just to play just to feel it, you know?
1: Well, one thing I was thinking to sell it just to kind of make my money back kind of like what you're saying, like get my $200 back from the pack I bought. And then everything else is like, who cares if it goes up great, it's not down, who cares? <laughs> yeah what? for a while yeah people were saying to me like i think
0: when i had like five or ten thousand invested and they were like well just pull out your money and i just never thought that way because it's like if i believe in something then why do i want to pull out my investment like it's just like i'm okay with investing that it's not gonna you know whatever amount that you're the, the two hundred dollars is like okay well maybe that's your that's your kind of entrance to it and and yeah maybe flip and buy something else if you want that's a good that's definitely a good way for people to look at it. Hey, I can pull
1: out the money I put in and, and then it feels like just playing with free money. So different ways to look at it. But Well, I feel for me, I was like, like, let me make my money back that I put in and just hold the rest of it forever. Kind of like Bitcoin. Like I've never I've sold half of one recently to experience it, but I bought it to never sell. I bought yeah. it because like, I think there's going to be ways in the future we can use this crypto stuff. Uh, and so I got excited about it. I think it's good to, you know, if you say never sell ever,
0: then... Who you know, I think once something becomes substantial and you can do real life experiences and things that you couldn't do before because of this, then it might then it's good to sell some and maybe diversify and that kind of thing.
1: Have you been buying or selling anything outside of the
0: NBA top shot? again, just to 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 understand what's going on, I'm not that into the art stuff long term, but I wanted to kind of experience it so i bought oh, the art so what have you bought and where just to get I bought know. three pieces of digital art on Nifty gateway and those they do drops also it's similar to you know packs they'll, they'll be like there's different formats of the drops which is interesting interesting sometimes it's an auction sometimes it's an open format which is like they mint as many as people buy within a certain amount of time so the early early stuff you know not too many people were on this stuff so Let's say like 50 people came in and bought stuff. And then a week later, people realized like, oh, there's only 50 of that piece of art. And then people were selling stuff for 10, 20 times what they paid. My understanding is that now it's definitely slowed down because there's just, everybody knows and gets the emails from Nifty. Like, hey, we're dropping this in an hour. So there's just less extra demand after the drop. But yeah, I bought three pieces of art and I listed one for sale and sold it, which is cool. It's just the same way you have art on your wall. You can just have these things online.
1: Are you focusing mostly on NBA Top Shot or where are you at with all this NFT stuff at a high level? So yeah, it was Top Shot for a while. And then now, like I said, I'm really interested in
0: NFTs and the utility aspect. So for Top Shot, that means like players, which is already happening, players trading jerseys, trading courtside seats, trading their time for NFTs. Terry Rozier, I think he said, buy this moment from me and I'll come hang out with you at a game. Like, that's cool. Like that makes the tie between the real world and the NFT. And like I said, like this company, Decentral Games, we're working on virtual events. Maybe we'll get you in for a virtual event and you just come hang out in this virtual world and people come. It's like you can gamble, you can you can do anything virtually. I don't know if you saw the,
1: the Travis Scott Fortnite event.
0: Yeah, that was, that was oh, this whole
1: phrase. Do you think it'll get regulated? I, I think some of it does, right? Like crypto, like Coinbase gets regulated. Uh, I don't know. How, I think the NFT stuff, I'm really curious about like copycats, right? Like if someone copies an image and sells a similar one, but you know, they don't go verify it. I think there's stuff like that. Any other things about regulation or things you're interested in?
0: So yeah, anyone can go mint a LeBron
1: James highlight, but it's not licensed by the NBA. So IP is going to be a huge thing going forward. How does taxes work? Someone's asking that, and I was curious. So, like, if it sells, do they report your money to the government? I'm not even American, so yeah, you don't give a shit about taxes. But no, but seriously, like, how does now that it's sold, do I pay taxes on this? Is this like short-term gains? Technically, oh, I I yeah, tell. you
0: bought that for three dollars or whatever it was, and you sold it for thirty-one. So, I assume technically somewhere that that's a sale,
1: and you you captured some money. So. Well, that is a wrap. I hope you loved the episode as much as I did. Go check out NBATopShot.com as well as Jesse Schwartz at twitter.com slash yo d-o-u-g-h. Yo, do. Next, text a friend you love him. Yo, dog, let's go play some basketball together. And before you go, tweet at me at Noah Kagan. I love hearing what you think of these episodes. Also, remember to go subscribe to my email list and start your own newsletter today at sendfox.com. You can join mine at sendfox.com Noah. I put exclusive content just for email subscribers. Also, make sure to check out AppSumo.com. I know you already know this, so skip this part, but it is the number one site online for entrepreneurs. If you are starting or growing a business, this literally should be your homepage. Make sure to use code NOAH10 at checkout to get 10% off already insane deals. I don't know why we do it, but that's AppSumo.com. Use code NOAH10. Finally, a couple shout outs to my amazing team, Jason at PodcastTech.com. Thanks for everything that you do. Thank you to Mitchell, Jeremy, Hubert, Jonathan, Sasa, and Jen from the Dork Team. Damn, there's a lot of good looking people helping me out. Finally, shout out to the team, Celeste, Tina, Kellen, Max, Sarabith, Alona, Nicholas, and Kamal, who involved in the creation of the Dorado design system at appsuma.com. Wow, that sounds fancy. I appreciate every single thing that you guys have done, putting into that project, and all the sumo links. appreciate it too. What's your favorite color?